Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Your attention to the word of the Lord. I believe that I've come something today. I believe the Lord has laid something on my heart that's going to help you. Anybody want help? I want more help. I I need help in living and and being what God wants me to be. Deuteronomy 8, verse 17. And thou shalt say in thy heart, My power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. And the reason for that is that he may establish his covenant, which he sware in thy fathers, as it is this day. I want to talk to you today about the covenant connection. The covenant connection. Say that with me. The covenant connection. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. I pray, God, that you would help us in the study of this word. Lord, I'm asking you, God, that you would make my words, Lord Jesus, uh, speak freely, Lord, and clearly. Let me be, Father, anointed by you. Your word's already anointed, God. And I ask, Lord, that you would speak upon people's hearts. Lord, may they hear beyond just the voice of their pastor and the familiar sound, O God, of their pastor. But let them hear, Lord, the word of God. Let it be something that gets down into our soul, Lord, and let us forever give you praise. And we love you, God, for what you're going to do and how you're going to move in this word today. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. Praise God. I want you to say one more thing with me. I am going to get something out of this. Good to know. God bless you. You can be seated. Covenant Connection. The kingdom of God is the comprehensive rule. When we say the kingdom of God, again, we've talked about this. Let me distinguish what I see as the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is is about a territory and a location of his throne. And the kingdom of God is about his overall plan. He's got an overall plan. It is the comprehensive plan and rule of God over every area of our life. Amen. Amen. The kingdom is led by our sovereign king. Can anybody tell me his name? Jesus. Jesus. The kingdom has a realm, a territory of operations. Amen. It has laws and principles. It has a constitution. The kingdom has also covenants. And we're going to talk about that today. And kingdom citizens have covenants with their king. The rights and blessings and benefits of a kingdom citizens are found within this great book right here. Everything needs to go back to this. What's going to keep you in a shaky world? This, the Word of God. What's going to keep you when everybody else is losing their mind? This, the Word of God. Amen. 
But in the Word of God are the rights, the blessings, the benefits, and the covenants that teach us how we relate with the King. Kingdom covenants, biblical covenants, are divine declarations that create a spiritual bond between us and the King. Covenants are relationship-driven, that we have our relationship with God through these covenants. Covenants contain agreements. They contain responsibilities and benefits. These benefits, rights, and privileges, and promises are spiritually binding and legal. As we keep that covenant, heaven is bound to it. So know this today, that the covenants of God are sure, but we have our part. It's not a one-way deal. It is us with God. Deuteronomy 29 and 9 says, Keep therefore the words of the covenant and do them that ye may prosper. Anybody want to be prosperous today? Anybody want to be blessed today in all that you do? So covenants are about relationship. We are living in a time when people's commitments, their vows, their promises has an expiration date. Going to get married, I stand before God, the preacher in the church, and say, until death do us part, or I don't like you anymore. I trade you in on another model. But we're living in a day where people uh, 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 that keep their word are a rare commodity. Amen. If anybody ought to keep their word, it ought to be the people of God, shouldn't it? God instituted the concept of covenant to seal his promises with us. Covenants are greater than contracts. Covenants are greater than promises. Amen. They are defined by the scripture as a solemn binding oath that is meant for a lifetime. Amen. From the Garden of Eden to the Garden Tomb to the Throne Room, heaven has been creating and establishing covenants with his creation. Amen. They establish how we relate with the king. Amen. When it comes to the promises and agreements, they establish stipulations, guarantees of blessings, and threats of curse. Covenants have conditions and they have consequences. Normally, blessings follow obedience and also curses follow disobedience. I've been reading in my Bible, reading uh, uh, the story of Balak and Balaam, and 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 and, and it's just crazy, brother Chris, how that 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 Balaam went and talked to God three times to get a curse on Israel, and God said, "No, bless them every time." And he went back to King Balak, that paid him to curse Israel, and he said, "I can't do it. I can't curse Israel. Everything God says is blessing." But he said, if you'll let them sleep with your uh, uh, women and start worshiping idols, then God will have to fulfill his covenant and curses come. Consequence of disobedience brought Israel under a curse because they did not fulfill their covenant with God. Amen. Blood is normally involved in signing and sealing and establishing covenants. How many of you have ever heard or seen the, maybe when you were a kid, you, you did the old spit covenant. 
Yeah. Anybody ever do that when you're a kid? Me and Dylan. You and me, buddy. That's it. That's it. But you've also seen that old where they cut their hands and they begin to bleed and they, and they would put their hands together. They became blood brothers. Well, in the covenant biblically, it is always established by blood. You will find the Bible that would find that there are two people that would come into a covenant and they would gra- grab a goat or a lamb and they would slay it and its carcass would be cut in half. And the two halves would be separated, lying on the ground, and the people would form a covenant as they walked between the two halves and they would say this, May God do so to me, cut me in half, if I ever break this covenant with God. Those of you that were in marriage, pre-marriage class with pastor, how many remember that? Remember that. I, I, and I make sure that when I marry them in, in the words, I say, you remember what this is. It's a covenant until death do you part. And if you don't, so be it unto each of you. Man, I wish I had an amen on that. Praise God. Covenants are about relationship and connection. As a kingdom son and daughter of God, we are in a covenant with our king. Covenants give us that conduit or the channel where the promises and provisions of God flow. Blessings flow through covenants. Amen. If a person doesn't abide in covenant, they have no legal claim to kingdom provision. This is why sometimes we're praying and we're just spouting words because we're not living in covenant. If we live in covenant, then we can automatically expect, express, expect rather the blessings of God to flow on us. This is why people that can be as lost as can be can pay their tithes and get blessed by God because it's a covenant. It's a relationship understanding and a provision that God says for us. Look at Exodus chapter 19 and verse 5. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then shall ye be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people of the earth is my for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. God's covenant sets God's people apart. God's covenant relationship sets us apart. People adhere to the kingdom covenants will operate differently than the world. When you have kingdom covenants, your relationships like marriage, your, your relationships like your job, your relationships like your possessions and money will be handled differently because you are under covenant with God. Everybody say the kingdom blessings come through covenant. Covenants are the backbone of the Bible. There are several covenants in the Bible. You will find that God made a covenant with, with Adam. God made a covenant with Noah. God made a covenant with Abraham. God made a covenant with Moses. God made a covenant with David. And he also sums it up in two primary covenants that we call the Old Testament and the New Testament. Biblical covenants are based 
uh, are the basis, rather, of true theology. And they climax in the one Messiah, Jesus Christ, who is the offspring of Abraham, the second Adam, and the son of David. Jesus Christ is the fulfiller of all covenants, the Old Testament and the New Testament. He said all the scriptures point to him. Hallelujah. You know, it's interesting when you begin to see in Scripture various symbols and signs of covenant. You remember the story of Rahab who was a harlot. Amen. And yet the Lord speaks to her about her in, in his genealogy. She lived in Jericho at the time when the Jews were marching into their promise. Rahab was confronted with a difficult choice. Harbor and hide the Hebrew spies and risk death from the Jericho special forces are to turn them over uh, and die at the hands of the Jews. That's my choice. Harbor the spies and I have death by the Jerichoites or turn the spies in and I have death because the Jews are coming and they're going to take our city. Amen. The Bible said she requested a token, a True token that would protect her in the oncoming invasion and battle of the Israelites against Jericho. So she made a covenant, a binding agreement with them that had conditions. And here is the covenant that they said. Hang the scarlet cord out of the window. Get everyone in your house and keep quiet about this. Then those who are in your house will be saved. Hallelujah. What was it? It was a covenant. It was a sign. There was a sign of that covenant that they had made an agreement together. The firstborn son of Israel was safe from the judgment of the death angel as long as they remained in the house that had blood on the doorpost. That was a covenant of agreement in the Passover lamb. Our text today says, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Anybody want to be rich? God gives us power to do that. That he may establish his covenant. Amen. God, amen, has given to us gifts and talents and abilities and opportunities that we can use to gain wealth. And the purpose for that is that we may establish his covenant. The Lord is the one that gives you and me the power, the capacity, the ability, the mental capability, uh, 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 the ability to do something that we may be paid for. Well, Pastor, I work at McDonald's. He gave you that ability. You want fries with that? He gave you ability. Well, I'm, I'm working on this and I'm doing that. He gave us the ability. It's up to us to advance that ability and gain a, a more access to, to wealth. But he gave, get, gave us that, uh, that we may gain true wealth. That's not about just money, but it's rather about power. It's about virtue. It's about being valiant and excellent. Uh, that's wealth. But look at this. I want to focus in on this statement, that he may establish his covenant, uh, Hallelujah. The word established here in the Hebrew means to rise, to stand, to stand up, 
or to come on the scene. It means to confirm, to ratify, to establish, or to impose. It also means to make binding. God gives us the potential to exert force in performing this function that we may have the power to enact His covenant. God provides for us the power, the ability, amen, to to earn a living so that our living, our wealth, our, our, our blessings and provision that He gives us, Somebody say, he gives it to us. He gives it to us so that we can exact and we can engage his covenant. What comes with covenant? Blessings, promises, provisions. Woo! Man, it's enough to make anybody shout. Hallelujah. Wealth and the purpose of wealth is more about confirming God's word than it is about lining your pockets. Being good stewards of the king's blessing is how one engages the covenant. Uh, Dr. Tony Evans put it this way. He said, if you don't know the agreement you're operating within, then you don't know the benefits that come with it. While we tiptoe around the subjects of finances and stewardship and money and possession, we miss out on the covenant that we should be enacting. We should be enacting the covenant of God by what we do. Amen. The Bible tells us that we are to keep the words of the covenant and do them that you may prosper. Somebody understand this today. Prosperity is in the covenant relationship I have with him. People get into an argument over whether you know giving and tithes is it a heaven or hell issue. Is it a heaven or hell issue? I want to tell you it's a purpose issue. It's a relationship issue. It's an issue of am I going to be in covenant with God to find his promises and his blessings? Oh, one cannot expect or cannot rather disconnect the spiritual aspects of the covenant and expect to receive the natural blessings. Say that again, I messed that sentence up. One cannot disconnect the spiritual aspects of the covenant and expect natural blessings. Let me show you two dynamics that prove this. First of all, spiritual prosperity is connected to natural prosperity. Spiritual prosperity is connected to natural prosperity. Now, I'm not telling you we're all going to ride in Rolls Royces. Or we're all going to live on filet mignon. But I am going to tell you, God can keep that hoopy running When everybody else is broken down. God can make you survive on bloney and bacon. The breakfast of champions. Throw me a little bit of scrambled egg and some gravy in that mess and you got me coming to your house. Amen. But prosperity spiritually is connected to natural prosperity. Look at 3 John verse 2. Beloved... I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Look at this. Even as your soul prosper. So as my soul prospers, as the spiritual man prospers, I can expect my natural man to be blessed. Amen. As my soul gets closer to God, I can expect my natural man to get closer. 
As my soul gets closer to God, I can expect my business to get closer to God. Oh, hallelujah. So the first dynamic is this. Spiritual prosperity is connected with natural prosperity. The second dynamic principle that's connected to this thought is stewardship in the natural determines spiritual wealth. Let me say it again. Stewardship in the natural determines spiritual wealth. Amen. Somebody wants to separate this from this. They want to separate this natural from the spiritual. They work hand in hand. Look what Jesus said in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. He that is faithful in much, or he that is that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also. Or, man, I, I can't read today. Y'all, y'all help me preach today. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. If therefore you've been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, everybody say money, who will commit you or commit to your trust the true riches? And if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, somebody say it belongs to the Lord, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I point you back to the verse that says, if you can't handle the unrighteous, natural mammon, then who's going to commit to you the true riches of the kingdom? There is a connection, a principal connection between a, 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 a natural financial stewardship and spiritual authority. One, one of the pastors that, that uh, we're blessed to serve in Michigan had been way back during COVID had been uh, working on a refinance with their church through the COVID uh, uh, easy, low-interest loans to help their church. They had just bought a new church, and they, they had a, 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 it was a pretty large payment that they were paying. And uh, so I wasn't even talking to them about that, but I talked to them about something that I felt like they needed to enact that was connected to finances. And so when they did... That was just a few weeks ago. I had a, a Zoom meeting with them, and I said, listen, you need to go to your, your elders and to your trustees and, and, and work on that and, and, and told them what, what that was. And, and he called me just this week, and he said, Pastor, I want you to know that we have been working for years to get this loan through. And he said, after we went and enacted that, he said, the next few days, I got a call that says you are now approved. You are now approved from six point something percent interest to now two point something percent interest and dropped their monthly payment dramatically, took them off of a balloon payment, amen, and, and then also their old property that they had up for sale, their old church property, they've been having trouble selling it, they now have uh, someone that has put an offer on it. Why? You could say that it's just coincidence, you could say that it's mere happenstance, I'll tell you this, when you enact spiritual principles, it will show up in the natural, and when you enact 
and act natural uh, uh, stewardship with God, your spiritual well-being will increase. It happens. It happens. It's a covenant. Somebody say, God owns it all. All the earth is the Lord's. All the earth. It's the Lord's. It belongs to the Lord. All uh, everything that you and I have belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's, the psalmist said, and the fools thereof, and the world, and they that dwell therein. The king gives to us the ability to receive. He gives to us, and we are stewards of that. In Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30, it says, All the tithe of the land, whether, be, whether of seed or of land or fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Even though we say we give our tithe, tithing is actually not a gift. It belongs to Him. I said tithing belongs to Him. He lays claim to 10% of our increase. Praise God. Hallelujah. If I were you, I would really say amen right now lest someone think you're not tithing. Praise be to God. For all the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. New Testament, 1 Corinthians 10, 26. Amen. If God is the owner of all our money and all our possessions, then every financial decision ought to go back to the covenant relationship and say, is this fulfilling that covenant? Hallelujah. <clears throat> The real question is not, Lord, should, what should I do with my money? The question is, Lord, what should I do with your money? It is His. Do you realize today, and I've said this before, but let me say it again. There are 500 verses in the Bible that deal with faith. There are about 500 verses that deal with prayer. Prayer and faith are pretty important, aren't they? They're cornerstones of the Word of God and the kingdom. One cannot have a relationship without faith and prayer. But do you know there are 2,350 verses in the Bible that deal with money and possessions? 15% of everything that Jesus said related to money and possessions. Our Lord made more references to money and possessions than to either prayer or faith. Let that sink in a little bit. He spake about money and possessions more than he did about heaven or hell combined. The Bible provides for us a principle on how to earn, how to spend, how to give, how to save, how to invest, how to get out of debt. Hallelujah. Teach our children how to handle money is an important concept. I tell you, one of the best things that ever happened to America is a thing called Financial Peace by Dave Ramsey. If you haven't followed it, get the book, read it, learn how to get out of debt, learn how to, how to handle your money and manage your money because I will say this, you learn those principles, where did he get them? At law of business? No, he didn't. Got them from the Bible. Got them from the Bible. The covenant that you and I are a part of that deals with our finances, that deals with our possession, runs on two tracks. It is a train that operates on two tracks parallel to each other, and they are stewardship and generosity. 
I used to have the idea that it was just only generosity, that if I be generous to God, if I give generously, the blessings will come. But I will tell you, that's not the, the complete package. The complete package that will move the train of prosperity in your life is good stewardship. Good stewardship, following biblical principles of budget, management, saving, and things of that nature, and then also generosity. If you want to be blessed in your life, hook up to the train that runs on stewardship and generosity and watch God take you places. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. You know this verse of Scripture real well, but let's remind ourselves. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. I want to make this very clear. You hear me very clearly. When you and I bring our tithes, we're not bringing it to the preacher. We're bringing it to God's house. That there would be meat. When we bring our offerings, we're not bringing it to the church. Well, all that church does is talk about money. All those people do is talk about money. Well, if there's 2,500 verses about money in the Bible and 15% of all that Jesus talked about was about money, possession, then I praise God. And you know me, I don't, I don't preach a lot on this, but I think maybe I ought to preach a little bit more. Hallelujah, Jesus did. Why? It's a covenant connection of blessing. You look around and you see people in MPC that are blessed. I will tell you, go dig around and you'll find faithful tithers. You'll find people that are givers to the kingdom of God. You will find that God shows them his provision. Hallelujah. That it may be meat in my house. And then he said, prove me now wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the window of heaven. Somebody say covenant. And pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Hallelujah. I want to tell you today, I don't look at tithing and giving as an obligation. I look at it as an open window. I don't look at it as, as something that I'm, I'm under a heavy obligation. Let me just preach to you a little while today. There are people that pinch every, every dime and every nickel and say, is this the tenth? Should I, should I tithe on my tithe? My, my, my Tax return, after all, I paid tithe on that to begin with. Amen. Should I tithe on this? Should I tithe on that? I want to go back to the Word of God. And He said, bring, amen, a, a first fruit of your increase. I'd rather have a blessing. And if I mess up giving too much, whoop, God, I'm sorry. Oh, I would rather have the blessing of God. I'd rather have the window open. I'd rather for God to, to provide for me. Because it's a covenant relationship. Somebody say covenant relationship. Verse 11, not only will he pour out a blessing, but he said, I will rebuke. I will rebuke. Pastor Dylan, I don't have to rebuke stuff because the Lord's rebuking stuff. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. You know why we had people that had work and jobs during COVID? Because we had people with covenant relationship. And God was obligated to take care of us. 
My dad went and visited two, two, two ladies that were widows, and he went, and they were just concerned about their finances. And my dad said he could have a rooster come flying you in a bag of groceries in its beak. Amen. And provide for you what you need. Let me just tell you, the God that fed Elijah with ravens can feed you and take care of you. He is obligated by his covenant. If I am in covenant with him, he's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of me. Hallelujah. He said, I rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. The blessings of heaven flow through the open windows of covenant. Amen. The Lord said he would open up those windows in response to our obedience. Amen. As we obey God in tithe and offering, the covenant promises are enacted and engaged. You say, but pastor, that's an Old Testament thing. Amen. Well, yes, it is. But it's also a New Testament thing. Abraham paid tithes before the law. Jacob promised God a tenth before the law. Both before the law. We know that the law says that we're to tithe. Amen. The law gave to Moses stipulated all the particulars of the what, where, and when, and how that Israel are to tithe. But go to the New Testament and we find a reference to Abraham tithing before the law. Amen. They that are of faith are the children of Abraham. Galatians 3 and 7. If I am a child of Abraham by faith, then I need to do what Abraham did. I can't say I'm going to follow his faith, but I'm not going to follow his covenant with tithe. Tithing didn't stop at the Mosaic Law because it didn't start at the Mosaic Law. Hallelujah. Let's go look at something. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man... Listen to this, according to his, as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. It's not talking about tithe, now he's talking about offering. Let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I will tell you, we sent out just a simple message and a little update that we were going to take up a cup of water offering for the Stumbos. It was spur of the moment, last minute thing. We gave them a check of $3,500 because of your generosity. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Somebody say it's connected to my money. That you always have an all sufficiency and all things may abound in every good work. Why? So I can enact the covenant. As it is written, he that dispensed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remain forever. Now he that ministered seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness that which calls through, uh, 
causes us through us thanksgiving to God. Do you know what this passage is talking about? He's talking about the Corinthian church that was sending a love offering to the church in Macedonia. And he said, here, this is how you did it. Not out of obligation, but out of a cheerful heart. Not sowing sparingly, but sowing abundantly. Sowing abundantly. In the kingdom, God owns everything. We are stewards of what he provides. He has established a covenant of blessings that's connected to how we handle our money. Bountiful harvest is related to our sacrificial giving. The covenant of blessing is is both connected to our tithing and to our giving. What is the motive? The purpose in our heart. Amen. What is the attitude? A cheerful heart. Amen. A, A heart that purposes. That begins to love God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that there ought to be joy in our heart that understands that when I give, when I bring my tithe, I fill out a tithing report or I give my offering, I am enacting the covenant of God that said He's going to take care of me, that He's going to provide for me, that He's going to bless me. When I withhold that, when I withhold that, amen, I'm not hurting my church. God will provide, but what I'm doing is I'm hurting myself I'm withholding and that withholding is not hurting the church Mm -mm -mm. praise be to God it hurts me because I don't get connected with the covenant biblical giving spirit led giving is motivated by an internal purpose that says I'm going to connect with the covenant I want to remind you today that kingdom blessings flow through the covenant. It flows through the covenant. Could it be that we, that we do not see harvest because we do not steward and we do not give generously? If we would steward our money and we would give generously, the track is coming. The train is coming with your blessings. Amen. Emotions may be at- attached to giving, but it should not be our motivation. I've seen people say, you know, there's a need. I'm pledging $45,000. Well, if God told you to do that, praise be to God. Amen. But if God did not tell you and you're just doing it out of emotions, you're missing the true understanding of stewardship and generosity. Hallelujah. But look at the widow woman that came and the Lord said she gave more than those folks that had a lot. She had three mites. But the Bible made one clear distinction. They gave of their living and she, or she they gave of their, of their abundance and she gave of her living. There's a blessing that comes with that when God brings the provisions. Our king has provided us the power to get wealth. Your job did not come because you're so good. Your job doesn't come to you because you're so smart. Your job came to you because God blessed you with it. And for that job to be a continual blessing in your life, then you must be connected to the kingdom connection. Let me show you an example. Let me show you an example today. Praise God. I, I, need, some, I need some help. Uh, Brother David, give that baby over there. Brother Brother Keith, you'll come. Brother Seth, you'll come. Help me out. I need y'all to come stand with me today. Praise God. Get ready to take up an offering. 
Praise God. Come up here and stand with me right up here so I don't have to go too far. <clears throat> you remember the story of, of, of the Lord that he talks about? He said that the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a, a, a merchant who went off in a far country and he left talents and he gave to one five and he gave one two and he gave to another one. And, and that, that, that whole parable is backing up principles of giving and how the Lord blesses in that particular issue. So I, I'm going to give a parable that's not from the Bible, but I think it'll show you a principle that is. You find that, that the king is getting ready to go away, and his bride is remaining. And so he has three stewards and he gives to the stewards $10,000 a month. And he says, but all I'm asking you to do is take care of my wife with a tenth of it. That's all I'm asking. I'm giving you this. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you $10,000. And all you have to do is give 10% each month to take care of my wife. That sounds like a deal, Brother Joe. That sounds like a good deal, because that means 9,000 of that, I get to do as I wish. And so you have, you have man number one that, that he is, he's taking care of that, and man number two is taking care of that, and man number three is taking care of that. And so you find that the first man gives the king's wife $1,000 a month, and then gives her another $1,000 for her added blessing to take care of the king's wife. Out of his generous heart, he gives the 10% and then gives $1,000 more to take care of the king's wife. Man number two comes and he's given $1,000 a month to take care of the king's wife and retaining the $9,000 to use as he deems stewardship wise. Man number three one month he gets $700, one month he gets $500, another month he gets $300. The king returns, he loves his wife, and the care for his wife was the most important thing. And so he returns, and he walks in, and, and he sees this man that gave $1,000 and then added another 1000 This man that faithfully carried out his duty and gave $1,000. And he see this guy that's hit and miss and up and down. And he loves his wife and he wants to take care of his wife. Which one of those do you think that God would bless the most? Which one of those do you think that God would bless the most? I want to tell you today, we need to get a new concept of our tithing and our giving that says, I don't give to a church I don't give to a preacher. I give to the cause of the kingdom. And my kingdom connection blessing is related on how I respond to what God has given to me and how God has blessed me. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here that, that, that may upset your apple cart and your theology. Just hang with me. All three of them are going to heaven. But I have a choice. 
Am I going to get the favor of heaven's connection and covenant and how I live and what I do with what God has given to me? It's not mine anyway. And so what I do is I say, Lord, I love your church. Lord, I love your bride. I'm going to make sure your bride is taken care of. And when you gave your cup of, of, of water offering to the stumbles, that's exactly what you're saying. I'm coming with what the very best that I can. I've been faithful with my tithes, but I'm going to go above and beyond that every, every first uh, Sunday of the month. I'm filling out my missionary form, and I'm giving to missions. Uh, uh, we got a building project. I'm giving to the building project. I'm giving to whatever the kingdom has. Uh, hallelujah. I don't have to have an excuse. I don't have to have an offering. I've got a covenant that said God would provide for me, and He will. T- I will tell you as I live and breathe standing here, my wife and I have followed this uh, all of our marriage life, amen, to, to, to a degree, amen, sometimes more and sometimes less. That's what we could give, but I will stand here and say, as David, I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen my wife and I forsaken or begging for bread or begging for revival or begging for help or begging for somebody to come and pull us out. Thank you, guys. Sorry, son. It's God. Please understand, the Word of God is true. If you don't mind putting back up Deuteronomy 8 and 10. Deuteronomy 8 and 10. Thank you. Or, or I'm sorry, 8 and 18. I misread this. My eyes, I'm, I'm, I might need some glasses need to borrow some glasses from you folks. Deuteronomy 8 and 18. Now Israel had been blessed and prosperous. And God had blessed them. Read the chapter. And he said, be careful. When you've got everything that you're doing great, remember me. Remember me. Remember me. A lot of folks have no problem tithing off for $100 a week. But when they get $1,000 a week, $2,000 a week, it's all of a sudden a little different. You know what the Lord said? Remember me. I'm the one that gave you that ability to go from 100 to 1,000. I gave you that. Well, Pastor, I filled out that application. I got that job because I'm so smart. Who gave you those smarts? Who put that job there for you? Who put that job there for you? The same God that put the jawbone before Samson ever got to the battle. Who put that there for you? Amen. It's God's blessing. Well, I'm, I, do all the, I do all the work and I do all the labor. Who gave you that idea? Who gave you that ability? Where'd that brain come from? Woo! Hallelujah. But the Lord said, listen, I, I want you to remember me. Remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Instead of looking at it on a negative, I'm going to look on on a positive. Hallelujah. God, you blessed me with this job. How many of you started a job when you started it? You didn't start at the top, but God's helped you go further and further. Got raises, got blessings, got raises, got blessings, got promotion. Who brought that in your life? It is God. And I want to thank him with my mouth. And I want to thank him with my offering. And I want to thank him with my tithe. Hallelujah, because he is a provision supplier. 
Stand with me, please. I told Sister Carrie, I don't know how in the world or what in the world is going to happen at altar. I said, there may be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth when I get done. And I'm here today to help you. I'm here to help you. Well, I, I'm just not going to give my tithes because I don't agree. I don't, I, don't, I don't like, I don't listen. Find that in the covenant. Find that in the covenant that I get to decide when I disagree with something that I'm going to stop. It's not there. You see, my withholding doesn't harm anybody but me. But me. My withholding doesn't harm anybody but me. So today, I just ask you, let's make a, let's, let's, let's make a little survey. Make a survey. Now, if you think pastor is hard, I will tell you, I know pastors that print out their giving report and give it to everybody every month and make a note on there whether you were not doing your thing or not. Somebody say, I love Pastor Gill. <laughs> I'd rather it be out of, not out of obligation, but out of cheerful giving. I bring my time. Let me just tell you something. Here's how, how, how God blesses. Some of y'all during, during COVID and shutdown found such creative ways to bring your tithes and offerings. Creative ways. Thank God for online. I, I, I don't know how many times I've lifted up the, the, the mat on the front door and there'll be tithing offerings. I don't know how many times I've seen it stuck on my desk. Pastor, I, I can't be here. I know that, but here. Why? Because we understood we want to engage with the covenant of God and the promises of God that come through that. How many fathers? Lord, I just... Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.